0: Yeah, okay. okay. for we are many podcast i was waiting for our guest to show up he is here now uh my name is rob and uh well once jason's fully connected i'm sure he'll introduce himself oh hello oh hi how you doing (laughs) pretty good
1: today raining but that's all right
0: right on well uh Today, I wanted to really dive into the situation in Haiti, which happened since our last current event stream, Um, Colombia, which has kind of flown under our radar until all this other shit started in Latin America, and, uh, yeah, of course, Cuba. So uh, before we dive too deep into it, like, obviously introduce yourself, but like, what are your initial thoughts on the situation in cuba
1: oh i have a lot of thoughts uh i'm jason jason g i'm a uh gray-haired uh socialist communist staunch marxist leninist it's a pleasure meeting y'all's acquaintance um what's going on in cuba you want to just jump
0: right into it i mean go ahead i was planning on starting with cuba anyway okay uh that is a that's just a, a CIA,
1: um, same old CIA shit, you know. Um, <laughs> the uh, the amount of disinformation that's been being put out by uh, United States media is ridiculous. Uh, oh yeah. If you if you uh, follow any of the Cuban media, they're all like, please, you know. Yeah, there were some agitators, and I like how they said it. They said. And some revolutionaries confronted them and made them back off. Yeah, you know,
0: I mean, they they tried. It it was they tried to seize the Youth Communist League building in uh, Santiago de Cuba, I believe it was, and uh, you know, they were met by the revolutionaries there. Not to mention (laughs) that, you know, like there was a few thousand people protesting across Cuba and American media is making it sound. They're actually using like images of the revolutionaries reaction to (laughs) the reaction, or you know, the reactionary protests that took place as, You know, like, oh, see, these people are marching for freedom. No, most of the pictures that I've seen were those people marching in support of the revolution, not against it. Um, Not to say that there wasn't protesters and not to say that there aren't some protesters there that, you know, aren't CIA operatives, but I'm saying that it would be foolish to think that there aren't CIA operatives there.
1: Well, it's the same, it's the same, uh, you know who the, you know who, when I say ultras, you know who the ultras are, the Cuban ultras? Not exceptionally. Okay, and in Spanish, it kind of, it translates into, you know, far right soccer hooligans, right? And the, uh, the ultras in Miami, which are the Cuban dissidents, are the primary agitators they're a very strong political force in southern Florida and they have uh, they have a lot of money and they have a lot of political influence and you know in their hearts they're Cuban they always will be Cuban but what they want for Cuba is not what the people that are living in Cuba want
0: Right, and I mean, we're seeing bigger crowds have turned out after uh, President diaz Canal's call for the revolutionaries to hit the streets. There has been more people in the streets than there was in 2018 marching in support of the revolution on May Day. And that says a lot, because that was over a million Cubans in the street in support of the communist government.
1: Well, you know, my... uh... A good friend of mine his wife is uh uh from cuba right and he's a good comrade and they go down for vacation every year and uh he's just like gotta visit i mean the the what what western media has done is they've they've made out cuba to be like this like sort of like evil cancer in the caribbean ocean you know what i mean uh, right just because just because of their ideology and their and their government and their political views you know well
0: see here's and, the thing. Uh, it's I mean, actually a
1: really nice place.
0: <laughs> right I mean honestly I want to go there. I've been saying that for months at this point. Um, you should more recently most recently I watched uh, Cuba and the cameraman on Netflix, which I'm not saying there wasn't any bias in it but for an American journalist, I feel like he tried really hard to not be biased. And it showed a pretty good picture of the cuban people you know and they don't seem like they're unhappy or oppressed they seem like they're perfectly content living their lives the way they were well were at the time i mean right now is a little bit of a different story and i'm not saying that there aren't problems in cuba either um I, i think that the problems are overblown I mean, it's being pushed as like, there's a shortage of vaccines, but no, the fuck there's not. There's a shortage of syringes because they can't buy them on the international market.
1: Yeah. Um, The only thing, the only thing bad about Cuba is the goddamn uh, naval blockade and sanctions from the United States. There's no reason for it. It makes absolutely zero sense. These are human beings and we're like torturing them just so they'll think that our form of government
0: is better (laughs) yeah yeah right like say uncle and you can have capitalism you'll be free right right, what the fuck well it's just uh it's just
1: it's just a damn shame you know back uh back years ago i remember you know being young and you would always hear about things going on in cuba and then then when they had that uh you know when Fidel basically kicked all of the the hardened criminals out of the country and and let, and let landed them in Miami. <laughs> you know, right, that was that was big news. You know, and uh but then we just kind of went. It kind of went silent. You know, they they didn't want any um, Western media didn't want to cover any any news coming out of Cuba at all. They just wanted to kind of like almost like erase their existence to where. We let the world know how we wanted Cuba to look to the rest of the world, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, well, uh, and
0: I mean, speaking of the sanctions though, which I mean, of course is a key focus to this conversation, but as far as the sanctions go, not two months ago, the United Nations voted to end the sanctions with only yeah. two votes to keep them, the yeah. United States and Israel, and we're still <laughs> keeping them. What the fuck? <laughs> what do you expect (laughs) I mean that's like what 195 countries against the sanctions and two countries for it and we're still keeping it I mean I think that shows the inefficiency of uh, the UN of the UN right I think we need to bring back the communist international personally but
1: they've always been uh, you know an entity that Nobody really, really quite understood what the hell they were doing, aside from they had white helmets, you know? I
0: mean, they're they're pushing a globalist, capitalist agenda. That's, yeah. that's all they're there for.
1: Yes. And occasionally intervening in a genocide that, that the United States created, you know, occasionally, <laughs> sometimes.
0: <laughs> right, right. Excuse me,
1: one second. One second.
0: Oh, you're good. I can still hear uh, you. Um, so, I mean, I do want to point out that, uh, today the president of Mexico called for an end to their trade embargo publicly, um, and Biden, (laughs) oh God, Biden said that the American government stands with the Cuban people and they are ready to send assistance to Cuba anytime. Wow. Uh not to mention that there are dollars in our military budget lined out for regime change operations in cuba just just saying yeah we're that's what we do that's like our main that's our main job on the planet man but that's not even like you know black funds that supposedly don't exist right like that's not even like special ops that is a publicly released line on the military budget. Yeah. And the US was behind creating the Twitter like platform that has, you know, become heavily popular in Cuba over the last couple of months. And, um, you know, they're funneling money to groups on the ground there that want capitalism. So I, there's a lot of nuance to this situation. But, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is. The fate of Latin America is totally combined, right? Haiti, um, you know, there was U.S. citizens and Colombian citizens. We'll get to Colombia in a second. That assassinated the president of Haiti um, last week. Sure did. It was Americans and Colombians who were probably paid by the Americans, and we'll get to that in a minute. That assassinated the Haitian president, and now we're talking about putting boots on the ground there to help restore order. All right? Yeah, that's that's code for uh,
1: put up another United States puppet uh, government and uh, leader. Yeah, um, and I mean that's
0: that's the thing. As I understand it, the president of Haiti was pretty much a puppet for the U.S., but there was mass unrest there, right? So, because people are calling for this dude to resign, so they just assassinate him and install somebody else. That's how I see it.
1: That's what we do. <laughs> uh, my my view on it's a little bit, um, maybe around the block on it. Um, I've, I've been spending a lot of time studying like this uh, um, Marxist influx and frenzy in uh, Central and South America right now, right? They've achieved several huge victories for not just far left, but straight up, uh, uh, communist, uh, communist leaders with a big complement of, you know, party members loyal to the, uh, communist leader. And I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, the, uh, communist insurgents in Colombia. I can't think of their exact name right now.
0: I can't uh, either, but that's part of what I wanted to talk about. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. ahead. Oh no, you're good. You're good. If you want to take it, if you want to tie Colombia in, by all means, do it.
1: Yeah. Um, The Colombian communists are reinvigorated by all of this. They've been fighting in the jungles against the uh, Colombian government for.
0: Read that years. as, read, read that as, 50 years. read that as U.S. puppet state, Colombian yeah. government.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I think that this is what I think. Just my opinion. My opinions don't probably reflect, you know, everything that, that you're for or what anybody else is for. Only for me. So, I think that there these leftists and these Marxists, and socialists, and communists are so fucking fired up for revolution in South America right now. They're like, dude, we gotta save Haiti, man. This is bullshit. These are workers. You know, we need to go in and teach these people how to set up collective collectivized farms and be independent. You know educate them teach them about Marx, teach them about this system that can lift them out of poverty and be able to purge their country of parasitic uh exploitative leaders who just want to sell them out to whoever for sugar or tobacco or whatever the fuck else they they grow there you know? um and i think this there's leftists within haiti who are just basically like you know what fuck this this is pretext right here. Prime example. We're going to kill this motherfucker. It's going to cause some chaos. And then we can pull our people in. And of course, the United States, they're totally hip to that fucking plan. They're already ready to mobilize to go in and prevent a, a communist collectivization of the proletariat and the pro of Haiti. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. What a, a tremendous waste of time. If you really want to see what socialism will do, you know, let it go unimpeded. Don't intervene. Let them go in and let them fully activate it. And you know what? Let's maybe even try to support it a little bit to see what happens, you know? And we can't get past that. We think that, uh, what all communists and leftists want is that we just want to, you know, purge the bourgeoisie. Well, I mean, we kind of want to do that, but I mean, there's, (laughs) there's, there's a, To go directly for that, you know, I don't think we're, I mean, we should, but I don't think that there's enough people that are fired up yet here in the States just quite yet. But with more and more leftist victories politically towards social democracy in Central and South America, um, that good news will only continue to spread. It's something that they've been trying to... uh, Uh, dissuade and deflect from and remove from South America since, you know, post-World War II when other places started getting a real sniff of uh, what what this revolution in Russia was all about, you know, to the people in Latin America, the Soviet Army were heroes and they were heroes. We're we're taught like a little bit of revision. I mean, we went in at the end and just kind of Parted around and walked to Berlin, basically, while, you know, the Red Army beat the fucking Nazi ghouls back from uh, the Volga River at fucking Stalingrad all the way back to motherfucking Berlin, man. (laughs) So the Latin American people, that was very romantic for them, you know? And then, well, we all know what happened. Some several... Several South American, Central American uh, uh, communist leaders got a little radicalized and they were actually very effective in doing what they do and their legacy still lives today, as a matter of fact. But anyway, that's just my opinion on that. and I hope that I'm right because I really like that type of revolution.
0: Yeah, and, and for that matter, I'm not saying that there aren't co- communists in Cuba that aren't happy with the state of affairs right now. But I don't think that they solely blame their government for that. And I certainly don't think that they want to overthrow the communist system. Where? Oh, Cuba. I'm, I'm sorry, I went back to oh. Cuba. It's because oh, okay. I was reading the comments and actually there's one that I want to read oh, pertaining okay. to Cuba. Yeah. Um, Natalie said, Biden, quote, for the people of Cuba, while keeping the Trump reinstated laws on the economic embargo on Cuba, that at least Obama was starting to shift the right way before Trump came in and, you know, the Republican blocks. So, and I, I totally agree with that. Um, I don't. Th- I think that Obama should have just handled it by eliminating the embargo, um, but at least he was open to talking with Cuba. Um, and Trump kind of came in and made it worse than it originally was. And that's what we're seeing the results of right now. Biden hasn't scaled back those laws at all Biden doesn't
1: plan to scale back those laws at all. He's way old and uh he only knows one way. I don't I doubt if he's going to learn much of a of a new way of thinking. He's, you know, at 19 1970s attitude on Cuba is probably what's like pretty much stuck in his head. So, I don't see much difference going there. But I think he's enough of a statesman and a diplomat that he'll go out of his way not to make the United States look 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 too bad, you know. Uh I remember, um, what was it? This was back during the Obama, Obama uh, uh, years, and you know they went and they tried to reach out to the Castro's, and uh, you know Raúl basically, basically just told them like, we don't want your, we don't want anything from your capitalist pig government on our island at all. We don't want your casinos. We don't want you exploiting our labor.
0: <laughs> we don't want it, right.
1: you know.
0: Right, and, and that's way- a, and that's another thing. And a lot of people say, "Oh, well, listen to the Cubans that live in Miami," but like they fail to realize that they're the very people that were threatened by the communist revolution. Uh, the entire first wave out of Cuba was almost entirely light-skinned capitalist people who owned plantations. Yeah, the widows the
1: ultras as they are in Miami right now. They're known as <laughs> far left or far right soccer hooligans. And it's very fitting. That's exactly how they play.
0: Well, I mean, okay. So like, this is another thing pertaining to Cuba. I wanted to talk about how much of the footage have you seen? I mean, the events of yesterday with the, with the reactionary protests Looked so fucking much like January 6th. I
1: now, mean, they weren't stopping the, a
0: government building, but like the attitude the, of the crowd was the exact same.
1: Well, the far right's gonna far right, you know? Right,
0: right, exactly.
1: They're, they're uh, I've been all around the world and the same type of idiots exist everywhere. They just speak a different language or have a different culture. That's it. Yep. The same fucking idiots that we see right up here on our TV screens that are just, you're like, how the fuck did that son of a bitch get elected? They're everywhere. They are everywhere. We, we don't and hold a monopoly on them, man.
0: <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, well, shit, look at some of the former Soviet black countries. Like, I mean, Poland, for example, has shifted so far right. It's not even funny.
1: Well, they they'd always leaned that way you know they were uh i mean if you want to talk about that particular period i mean they they were pretty excited to be in league with uh, uh nazi germany because they did not want the russians coming and absorbing their country into communism which of course you know all the people in their castles would have got beheaded and, you know, other horrible things would fall in the, the the bourgeoisie. So they chose the, what they thought was the lesser of two evils.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong
1: How about that. How about that? So, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of history there. Um, now, if you if you're watching like Ukrainian and uh following like Russian media at all it is pretty much nationalism pro Russia far right ultra religious orthodox 24/7 on their media and you know you if anybody tells you they haven't been propagandized um you know I'm going to I'm going to question that right out of the gate you know, I mean, how do you even know? Hell, you and I could be propagandized with some horse shit. You know, we believe in it, but how do we really know? We don't, you know, and that's the same thing that's going on over there. Poland was never really a, a, a big industrialized country. They were a little bit, but not to anywhere to the degree of the Soviet Union or, uh, you know, countries in the West or that were part of NATO and whatnot, you know, um, but they were a very—they were very much a, a, a scholarly, scientific, and culturally based uh, society and culture in Poland. And they were very Christian, very religious. And they were—they chose. They "You know, they saw the Soviet Union. Oh, no religion—that's bullshit—that leads to fascism." and uh then they saw these guys over here going hey catholic church man we love the nazis man they're great come on in poland that's exactly what they did and then they got fucked and then they were mad about it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah um so colombia is actually still a pretty new situation to me i don't know I mean, maybe I just didn't spend enough time on Twitter in the last three months. I don't know. But I, I was pretty unaware of the situation in Colombia until today. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew there was some shit a- going on, but like I didn't realize that it was still going on, first of all. And I didn't realize that it was like a massive thing to begin with. I thought it was, you know, like a couple skirmishes Marfa with police.
1: That's it. Marfa. That's the name of the communist rebels in uh, uh- Colombia, I gotcha. believe I could be I could be wrong on that. Yeah, no, they've been fighting in the they've been fighting in the jungles. You know for uh, for decades and decades.
0: Exactly, uh, well and, and I mean and like I'm this not- this recent wave has, has really been more mass protests than you know like rebel insurgents. Although it's both don't get me wrong, but there's been a mass movement behind it. Um. And I I failed to realize that at all. But as we know, a mass movement is very important to a communist revolution. If they don't have the support of the masses, they're gonna fail.
1: Well, they've been pushed right to it. You know, I think that uh, with the advent of there's being so much information available now, and the the people that live in Latin America, I believe that they're becoming like awakened to the fact that, wow, we just pretty much get exploited by every country in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> we don't need to do that. We can have our own, our own social democracy here and actually have the material means that we need to have. We don't even need anybody else helping us, you know. And I think a lot of them are waking up to that. I, I hope they are, you know, because it's true. Colombia's rich, rich with natural resources, so rich, man, golly. And uh, you know, I think that the I think that the folks are just tired of feeling the crunch and the exploitation of the of the Western economy. I think they just want us to leave them the fuck alone, you know, knowing how many times we've intervened in Latin America overthrow a you know an up and coming uh, socialist leader or, or democratically elected communist you know uh, I mean that's I mean, another
0: just... thing too I feel like a lot of even people on the left in America kind of misunderstand um, what democratic centralism is and how it works like I mean it looks on paper like somebody at the top namely the president or uh, you know Uh, first secretary of the party but that's not the reality of it things are proposed and voted on at fucking extremely local like the neighborhood level and then it goes up and just gets a stamp of approval at the top
1: well now social democracy is not democratic socialist at all
0: i said democratic Uh, centralism not democratic socialism
1: oh i'm so sorry so sorry about that (laughs) um no, uh, a social democracy, a workplace democracy, uh, democracy across the board with committees, you know, instead of, uh, um, you know, people, people ask me, they're like, well, what the hell, man? Stalin was a dictator. No, I'm telling you guys, you know what he was? He was like the leader of a club. He was just the most liked guy in that club. He, he refused to, uh. He told them he didn't even want to be elected anymore. He kept, and they just kept propping him up as their leader, year after year yep. after year after term after term, until he died. You know?
0: Right. But um, I mean, like, I guess what that I'm was their own social out, out, though, democracy. You know? Is well, right? But I guess what I was trying to point out for the for the viewers was that it's not, you know, some guy at the top making all of the decisions and the reality of it there's a guy at the top rubber stamping the decisions that were made at much lower levels of the party
1: yeah that's a uh, capitalism right there as long as people approve which people uh us people sitting up here in the in the high courtroom you know what i mean is that what you're getting at
0: No, I was getting at democratic centralism, right? Isn't a dictatorship in the sense that there's one guy on top barking down orders to everybody else. Is there some of that? Yes. Um, But a large part of, or a large chunk of the decisions are made at much more local levels. I don't know for sure about the Soviet Union, but like in Cuba, for example, most of the decisions are made at the neighborhood level and then they go up the chains of the party. It's, It's- really a grassroots democracy and i would argue that it's more democratic than our bullshit
1: yes absolutely um so we were actually agreeing
0: with each other Uh, yeah yeah we were just you you thought that i was saying something that i wasn't and i thought the same about you
1: (laughs) (laughs) whoops uh the world's greatest misunderstandings sometimes always or sometimes sometimes always forget it but uh um, see, I get, I get a little bugged when someone says uh, centrist. Oh I, don't God, think, yeah. I don't think, I don't think there is such a thing as a, a democratic centrist or a left center or a right center. You know, or right leaning. Um, centrist is just a coded word for neoliberalism. That's it. I- Yep. Neoliberalism Which, leads
0: right to fascism. Yes, it does. And I mean, a little uh, bit of both, history. Both of our <laughs> fucking political parties are neoliberals and they're not centrists at all. If you look oh. on the political spectrum, Trump and Biden are only that far apart.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Bernie. Bernie's a good dude, man. I, and, and I really like him. Um, and I wish he was more popular and people were more accepting of him just being some. <laughs> weird looking grandpa who works mittens because there's a lot of substance to that guy you know
0: there is there but is and that's why in, i haven't taken part in all of the the left hating on bernie i mean if it wasn't for bernie i probably wouldn't have been radicalized myself so i mean i have to oh really to that. i mean yeah wow. dude before bernie i was a fucking libertarian because i didn't know any better oh.
1: <laughs> sorry
0: I mean, what I needed was class analysis, which ironically enough, I got from fucking Bernie (laughs) Sanders.
1: (laughs) Well, we did have Mike Gravel before that, you know.
0: I know the name, but I...
1: He's a senator from Alaska, and he was like Bernie with a fucking Roman candle sticking out of his butt. (laughs) And, you know, coming at you with a A flamethrower, a smirk, a law degree, and knowing you rich capitalist motherfuckers are lying pieces of shit. And he was not afraid to speak his mind about it.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, and like, okay, so part of my support from Bernie came from the fact that I saw like C-SPAN footage that had been posted on YouTube of him saying the exact same shit 30 fucking years earlier, right? So like, I mean, as mayor of Burlington or as governor of Vermont, he was preaching the same fucking thing that he still was and I mean my only complaint about the guy is I wish that he could have put up more of a fight I mean I understand that it's one guy against fucking everybody there don't get me wrong but I really wish that he could have been a little bit more willing to confront Joe Biden on the campaign trail rather than being like oh my good friend Joe Biden No, 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 he's my good friend, he's a good guy. No, fuck that. Joe Biden is not a good guy. And I think that's probably the biggest time in what, 40 years of history that Bernie straight up lied to his constituents. He knows that Biden's not a fucking good guy.
1: Well, you know, Che Guevara, I'm gonna paraphrase here, I don't remember the exact quote, okay? He said, when you're dealing with comrades who are hesitant of the word socialism and communism, they, if they are a worker and if they are on your side, they are your comrade. And you both share the same fight and don't disparage or, uh, you know, call them stupid or, you know, make them out to be of a lesser man. Because the people who you insult are will very rarely come over to your side, you know, so I'm not saying Bernie's doing that. But when he was comradely towards Joe Biden, you know, that's what I recognized. You know, he could have called Joe Biden out on literally everything. And. Bernie's just not that kind of fucking guy. He knows that at heart, Joe is more left-leaning. Maybe not when he was in his earlier years, but I think now he's gotten softer and he's a bit more sensitive and a little bit more empathic, you know, which is great for a leader, but all of his dumb policies, you know, beginning with the simplest one, which was to decriminalize or, federally legalized marijuana I mean you couldn't even fucking move forward with that you know something that's right something and, like that, yeah and you know? that has
0: Republican support in a lot of areas that's fucking hell, crazy. and
1: fucking Texas the Republicans are like hell yeah let's grow weed man
0: we don't give a fuck
1: I mean seriously and I mean the, dude
0: Arizona too I mean I know it's kind of a purple state now but we legalized this year
1: Texas is very rural has very rural areas it has more rural areas than it has Uh, People living in cities, you know, and as long as the rural Texan, who is by and large, probably like Southern Baptist or Mennonite, um, we even have some Amish down here. They they typically don't vote, though, but, you know, they're fairly conservative folks. Um, As long as we still have all those communities like that who believe, you know, the the, the state propaganda that gets pumped into their head, like sewage from a from a shit plant, directly into their brain. Um, there's not going to be much hope. You know, they're, they're they're not getting they're not getting people with uh, alternative views or class consciousness or other leftists around them. You know, engaging in any type of discourse with people like you and I, not even close. You know, the people that may feel like you and I, hell, they're scared to say anything.
0: You know? Yeah. And and I mean I guess that was initially part of the idea of this show anyway was to you know like have an have an environment where we can have these discussions without you know being attacked for believing what we believe that shouldn't be a thing and I mean maybe that sounds hypocritical to say considering I don't think that you know fascists should be platformed but it's no, really they not. shouldn't. It, because, I mean, free speech should end exactly where it starts infringing on anybody else's rights to feel safe in their fucking environment.
1: I want to punch all Nazis, man. You're preaching to the choir over here, man. Uh, they don't deserve a voice. Fascism shouldn't exist. I want to bash the fash every chance I get, son. Hey, uh, give me about two seconds. Answer some comments for a minute. I got to go uh, to the little boys room over here. Hey, yeah, you're good.
0: Um, I guess while you're gone, I'm going to be partly poking fun at some of these uh, mainstream articles, but um, I'm also going to talk about the Party for Socialism and Liberation's release on Cuba, because I think that how they did it was great. And they included a translated version of President Canal's speech, which is also important. Um, So I guess I'm gonna catch up on comments first though. The good guy, uh, Natalie said, the good guy thing with Bernie saying that makes me sick to my stomach every time I hear him say it. And I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Like going to the last Bernie rally that happened here in Arizona before the COVID shut down and Bernie dropped out of the race, like most of the rally was so uplifting, but hearing him say that on one hand, I knew why he was doing it. That's the type of guy he is. He's not into slander, but it's not slander. Biden is not a good guy at all. His policies for the last 40 years have shown that. But anyway, we're I'm getting off topic here. So I'm gonna go uh, talk about some of the, um, Articles, I guess. Um, So, the Guardian actually reported that President Cannell claimed that the protests are part of a U.S. plot to fracture the Communist Party. Which tends to be what I think um, a significant factor in the situation is anyway, as I've already stated. Excuse me. Um, But... Seeing these kind of protests is pretty rare, honestly, but that's because most Cubans feel represented by their government and support their government. Um, but the, the, the Western media has been portraying it as this is a bunch of freedom fighters wanting to overthrow communism. But in fact, a lot of the people that are involved with this don't want capitalism to replace their socialist system. They want an end to the sanctions. They want to be able to get the things that they need to survive, which we are suffocating them from. Um, hold on just one second. I'm gonna bring up this party of socialism and liberation uh, piece, uh, the ongoing protests. so their press release statement goes the party for socialism and liberation stands in full solidarity with the cuban revolution its government and the people in the struggle against the latest sinister counter-revolutionary efforts of u.s imperialism the 60 year old blockade and hundreds of sanctions imposed under the trump administration 240 to be exact Uh, have caused grave shortages of food, medicines, electricity, and other necessities of life. When they say electricity, remember, they haven't had the resources to uh, implement green technology. They're still primarily burning coal and oil, as I understand it, for power production. So that's really what they're referring to when they say electricity at this point in time. (laughs) Um, And other necessities of life. The shortages have greatly exacerbated the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the island. The pandemic has virtually eliminated the economically vital tourism industry, greatly reduced remittances and contributed to major problems in the already limited global supply chain serving the island. In the last day, protests have been taking place in Cuba focused on the shortages and economic deprivations caused by the intensification of the U.S. blockade during the time of COVID. The corporate media in the United States is pointing to these demonstrations as evidence that the people of Cuba oppose the revolutionary government. As always, these uh, outlets are completely distorting the situation and covering up the criminal role of the United States government, and they are ignoring the mobilizations held in response by Cubans who support the revolution, um, which they've had over a million people in the streets as opposed to a couple thousand, I'm just saying. Uh, and media hasn't reported on that at all. As well as the efforts of the top leadership of the country to directly engage with the people in the areas where the demonstrations occurred. Um, we were talking about this in our podcast podcast group chat earlier, um, actually, but like the president of Cuba went to the area where these protests were happening and went to several homes to ask what Cuba, or like what the government of Cuba can do better for the Cuban people. It's not like they don't care. Don't let them paint it that way.
1: Um, it's the same song and dance for the past 60, 60 years from uh, the CIA psyops. I mean, I know that sounds weird to say that, but that's exactly what they do. You know, I mean, there's extremely good
0: documents that already out of a limited number that have been declassified that have shown that at least one. I think it was at least two, uh, assassination attempts on Fidel Castro were attempted and it was probably hundreds. That's the thing for sure. Um, and the U S media has always maintained this narrative, but what I'm hoping is that it's simply not going to work anymore. Look at the reality of the situation. Look at the context. And I'd like to well, point out that the only fucking forced labor camp on Cuba is Guantanamo Bay, which is operated by the United States government. Say what? Exactly.
1: Well, they also have
0: the only McDonald's on Cuba.
1: Man, you gotta have McDonald's, yum. Hmm. Give me some of those McNuggets with the sweet sriracha sauce and a large Coke to go, please. Uh well, you know <laughs> this uh I think what is empowering a lot of the the resurgence and re-emergence and invigoration of the of uh because there's a there's a huge communist movement in Mexico too, believe it or not. Yeah.
0: Uh uh which but, by the way is pushing for constitutional reforms. No shit. Yes.
1: Uh so What's going on is that with our dialogue and our discourse that we're having right here with uh, you and your viewers is we're opening people even more to things that they wouldn't be able to read about in Western media at all. When I was younger, oh my gosh, you know what? We never even would have thought of having a conversation like this, let alone broadcast it to the world, you know? Uh, Back in the 70s, they were still locking people up for having Uh, rhetoric like this you know and I think that uh, United States and otherwise North American uh, leftists we need to continue speaking just like we're speaking now and even a little bit stronger Um, especially in support of our uh, Caribbean Central American and South American comrades. They they, regardless of what people think, you know, about the United States, you know, we did some really shitty stuff. And, you know, I'm not gonna harangue it. Anybody here probably here in this conversation knows very well, very well and aware of what, what we've done as a country over the years and our marginalization of African Americans, Asian Americans, I mean, you name it genocide of the native american people you know we're not we're we're not real innocent cool dudes over here you know we committed some fucking war crimes and shit bad yeah but they 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 look at us for the approval so now that um socialism and marxist leninism and communism are Gaining traction and gaining popularity, especially with younger folks in this country, which is really what we need. This is greatly encouraging to the people of Central and South America and the Caribbean. As they're met with all this chaos and disinformation and stupid Western spun bullshit stories of. You name it, but it's what it's what the CIA has always done in South America and Central America. They've engaged in a massive misinformation campaign, fabricating facts, fabricating photos, fabricating videos of, you know, barely above wallowing in the mud, you know, socialism in South America. And they've they've been pretty successful at that. I mean, just go down to your local Walmart, you know, probably engage in a conversation with, you know, Zeb over there uh, next to the tubes of hamburger uh, about what he thinks about communism in south america and you'll hear it firsthand everything that he hears from western western media left right you name it man cnn is time out
0: out, i just want to clarify there is no left mainstream media
1: (laughs) well mean Mean, means tv which i have no affiliation with uh they're actually quite good um it's a group of marxist leninists and they produce uh You know, similarly how you have like sort of like the Lincoln Project, you know, who were like anti-Trumpers. You know, well, Means TV is sort of like the Lincoln Project for the left. You know, we want uh, uh, its main thing is to recognize trying to, you know, help help people on the left understand that we hate that our main goal is working class solidarity and working class pride and hey we're not going to be doctors and lawyers we're going to be carpenters and fools our whole life and get more excited over a an ounce of exquisite weed than we would a bmw you know fuck it uh the more we go the more we go left and the more we have platforms like means tv for the left to you know have some bells and whistles and some you know fireworks to come in and a young leftist mind coming in and offering education and insight over the the immortal science of uh, uh, Karl Marx, Lenin, Stalin. And they do it in a very good way, I think, personally. They're a bunch of young folks like y'all whippersnappers. And I like that too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I personally uh, have grown more and more of a Marxist-Leninist the further I've read into it, honestly. Um, which, which is also kind of funny Salud. because, like, I was kind of one of those guys that like started reading Marx to kind of like understand his perspective, but I didn't expect it to resonate the way that it did you know like I didn't read communist texts thinking I was going to become a communist per se but I thought that it could inform whatever my brand of leftism is right but how many other how many anarchist uh, revolutions have succeeded in a long term how many anarchist revolutions have successfully raised the material conditions for all of their people exactly and that's why I became a Marxist-Leninist.
1: Welcome fellow tanky.
0: I mean, Did don't get me wrong. I do think that there are some things that should be addressed, you know, like, I, I and I, I do think that what we say about the authoritarianism is severely overblown, but I do think that we should try our hardest uh, to not do political repression, um, That's not saying that we should platform fascists. That is hate speech, not free speech. (laughs) I mean, I do think that, okay, so the whole idea of democratic centralism is that there is an open discussion and debate, but unity in action. I think that we shouldn't limit the debate to specifically what you you or I perceive as the debate. So and I and I mean maybe that's just what's left over of my preconceptions about communism to begin with. That's very possible too. I'm fairly new at this. But the point is though that You're my do, com-
1: you're my comrade, don't worry.
0: Well, I I mean I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that I don't have all the answers either. I think that any government that exists should exist for the betterment of the people.
1: That should literally be the whole
0: point. Exactly. That's why I stopped. <laughs> I was gonna add to it, and I was like, "Well, that—that's the whole last point, isn't it?" <laughs> that's the whole. That's the whole thing. That's the whole
1: thing. And, you know. What, what what what's happened with the, you know, with the advent of uh, British imperialism, and the recognition of you know capitalism as a you know economic system. Um, has led to this great perversion now where we feel bad that uh, we feel bad that we have things but we also feel real good when we have things. Well what if everyone had equal access to all things? Isn't that a better system? I don't know that's just me
0: right like i mean even if we don't call it communism or socialism right a resource-based economy <laughs> fuck well no so, we don't got to use the scary words here a resource-based economy
1: resource-based economy i like that i like that You gotta i got run that for... from
0: star trek by the way you ought to you ought
1: to run for a vice president or something uh but uh yeah, that's that that that's a nice like soft word right there, nice soft phrase. Uh, um, also, understand that communism is not love. Communism is a hammer that we use to crush the bourgeois. Mao Zedong, the Great Awakening." Thank you, thank you, Chairman Mao. Uh, that leads me into this next little tirade. Iran. rent um, now one of the greatest supporters of, China, of uh, Cuba is China like China don't give a fuck Iran don't give a fuck they will fucking they've been helping Cuba China even Russia still
0: helps Cuba you know? actually uh, you mentioned Russian TV or Russian media earlier and I want to point out that Russian media was saying that Vladimir Putin uh, basically told the US to back off. Yeah. I mean, not in those words, but like, I didn't think he was that much of an anti imperialist, really. I know he's not a communist, but I didn't think that he was anti imperial at all. It's got to serve a political purpose.
1: Good. I have an opinion on that one. Uh, you know, Vladimir Putin. He was a master of psychological warfare, and he was trained uh, by the Stasi in uh, East Germany. And he's a master of uh, psychological warfare. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't really take much of what Vladimir Putin says at face value. I think it's there's a lot of posturing there, but. The thing is, I don't, I don't think he has to posture, you know, um, in his mind, I think he thinks the Soviet Union sort of abandoned Cuba, you know, and well, I mean, the Soviet, he might have some, he might have some, failed, he might have some, he might have some fealty towards that. And I respect that. I, I, I don't want anybody to, to uh, die or be malnourished. I'm, I'm all for um Support of Cuba, 100. I mean, have you seen these? Have you seen these hoops that people have to jump through just to get goods imported to Cuba?
0: I have, I, I have not, but I mean, I know, I know even sending money there is ridiculous.
1: Crazy. Uh, it's just it take it looked like a uh, it looked like that always sunny in Philadelphia beam where Charlie's like going ah! next to the whiteboard, you know, with all the strings. Uh, it's that convoluted. It really is. And uh, you know who's responsible for all that? The United States.
0: Yep. Well, I mean, a lot of it that was starting to be slowly undone was redone, enforced by Trump. I mean, there was over 240 additional sanctions added under the Trump administration, and that's not to say that it wasn't bad under Obama, but we made it that much worse that recent. No.
1: He did that. He did that to appease the uh, uh, the Miami ultras.
0: Well, I mean that makes sense. They were a huge voting block for him in Florida. <gasps> yep.
1: You know, these puzzle pieces keep getting connected. I like it. <coughs> exactly. This is how you this is how you have a conversation.
0: <laughs> well, well and, I, and I mean that's why I wanted to do it On Latin America as a whole I mean my original thought was to You know talk about Haiti Roughly briefly You know talk about Colombia roughly And then dive into Cuba But like The fate of Cuba is tied to the fate of Haiti Is tied to the fate of Colombia Is tied to the fate of Venezuela, or Venezuela I mean it's all Integrated and the US has their hands In all of it Give that boy a lemon meringue pie.
1: You got it. This is all an elaborate puppet show perpetrated by the United States government. We've been practicing it for fucking 60 plus years. Mm
0: -hmm. And we
1: are so good at it. We can make it look like it's just happening uh, organically.
0: Well, and then we, I think then we swoop
1: in as the great savior.
0: Whoa. Exactly. Like, I mean, for Cuba, which I know the most about out of these examples, I know that uh, we're playing on issues that are very real to the Cuban people right now. They are short on food. They are short on medicine. But that doesn't mean that they, generally speaking, want an overthrow of the communist system. They want an end of the fucking embargo. Yes, that's what they want. You know, they... they
1: uh, they're tough folks like the Puerto Ricans, you know, um, like a tragedy, like those hurricanes. The hurricane hit Cuba equally hard. And, uh, what was that, Elsa? Or
0: Yeah, and, and, that? and that's the thing is look at how much better Cuba handled it than Puerto Rico. And that's because yeah, well, Cuba, we withheld. Cuba 80. can
1: rebuild overnight.
0: Nearly right. anything. Right. But uh, the
1: Puerto Rican people, they went right on ahead. You know, yes, there were some there were there were considerable deaths, but uh, even without infrastructure, without electricity, without running water, you know, they prevailed. So,
0: yeah, kudos to
1: that. And despite despite neglect by the uh, by the um, uh, Trump administration and despite continuing neglect by the the new Biden administration, uh, they're doing quite well. They're going to be the next. Uh, country to um, have a, a socialist revolution, for sure.
0: I've been hoping to see it for a while, and it'll be really interesting to see how that unfolds as a U.S. territory. That kind of concerns me.
1: Oh, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, right now, at uh at a, a... University of... name of the city in Puerto Rico. Oh, dude, I couldn't
0: tell you. San Juan,
1: San Juan. Okay. University of San Juan. Uh, A good comrade of mine, um, Jose, he's a professor there. And he preaches straight up cultural Marxism as one of his classes to these uh, uh, Puerto Rican college kids. His sister is a full-blown Marxist-Leninist. Graduated from Harvard. She's a psychiatrist in Boston, Massachusetts. Also a staunch Marxist-Leninist, spreading the word from, from the island and to the island. And the vibe is, is that, you know what? Guess what? Us Puerto Ricans are perfectly happy doing our collective farming. It's our leaders that are that have been fucking us over. And those leaders are basically approved and elected in accordance to what the United States approves. And they're not the only country for that at all.
0: Hello, Calvin. Welcome to the, the party is in the comments, Calvin. Yeah, it's a, it's a new uh, it's a new name. So, well, actually, we have a, a Calvin, but it's a different Calvin. So, it's a new name. <laughs> I I always try to greet new faces in the comments, you know.
1: You do. You're very good at that. You're very gracious. You're an excellent host, and you have a certain genser quoi, which is I I, I appreciate it as a comrade, my comrade Rob.
0: Hell yeah! Thanks.
1: No problem man. um the situation in cuba they have that under control there are so many revolutionaries there it's
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean that's that's part of why i wanted to focus on it because i don't want leftists here well, leftists is what I should have done there. Here to think that the U.S. intervening in Cuba is in any way a good thing, and I'm looking more or less at our anarchist wait a minute, wait here. A minute. You're you're
1: telling me that there are leftists that want the United States to be an imperialist country and intervene in Cuba. That's well,
0: happening. I guess, okay, so maybe I'm a little jaded by my experiences on left Twitter today, but there are a, quite a few so-called anarchists um, who view the communist regime as that authoritarian, which it's not.
1: <laughs> well, um, I don't so want dis- to, I don't want dis- to sir.
0: Oh, I, 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 was gonna, I was just saying that was part of the idea behind this, though, was to address that. Because anybody that's truly on the left should not feel that way at all. And if you don't think that's the case, then you show me a pile of dead bodies that even comes close to slavery. Or even comes close Ooh. to the Native American genocide. Show None me the is. work camps that you claim exist. The only one is Guantanamo Bay, which is U.S. territory.
1: Hey, guess what? We got gulags here, too. We just call them prisons. So everybody just shut the fuck up over that. You know what I mean? Right. United States gulags. Hundreds of them. The largest gulag population on the planet. Prop by like what? a, hun- a yeah. hundredfold be a good comrade, or we're gonna throw you in prison, and we'll exploit your slave labor while you're there. So, yep. yeah, yeah, I, that I, just doesn't. Uh, anytime, that's just a that's a that's a uh, what do you what do you call a zero sum argument um, from someone comparing Guantanamo Bay to a forced labor camp? Like, is this your first week on the internet, Jeb? Um, I, I don't get that, Jeb. Um, well i don't know what to say i'm so sorry i'm just i've become crusty and i've been more intolerant of a, a working class and woke sjw bullshit it's just such horseshit it's all neoliberalism and it leads to division on the left and it's just not needed okay uh and i, I don't want to disparage any of my anarchist comrades i'm very glad that you're awakening to the fact that um yeah our government is a piece of shit and they're fuckheads and they're thieves and they're con artists and they're liars and they don't deserve to be there and the people that vote them in are idiots yes we already know that what we would like from our anarchist comrades is for you to understand your surplus labor value and realize that you are being exploited By the working class that you want to actually go and intervene in Cuba. What are they intervening for? What's the intervention? The intervention should be for anarchists to confront the United States government on their ridiculous sanctions and blockade of Cuba. It's inhumane. It's not moral. It's not comradely. It's straight up
0: fucking austerity starve them out I mean I agree and I don't think that 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 position is the majority on the anarchist side of things by any means I think most feel as you just said but I saw it more than once I had to address it (laughs) that's
1: fine that's fine I view uh, I welcome um, I welcome the anarchists I do um, I was one myself many years ago.
0: Well, I mean, if you really get down to it, though, Marxist, leninists or anarchists at heart, we just have a different path of getting there.
1: Well, Lenin's path was uh, um, through anarchist revolution, for sure. And he cultivated that extremely well with like, hey, we're all going to be anarchists for a minute. Then in the end, this is what I've created. Check this out. As soon as we do, we're done with our anarchy. Then we're going to form the Central Committee, yada, yada, yada. We're going to write our own communist constitution, and we're going to lift millions of Russians out of abject poverty and literacy and collectivize farms and create a planned agrarian economy for the good of the Soviet
0: people. Right. But I mean, what I was referring to specifically there, though, is that the end result Hopefully, of a Marxist-Leninist state is the withering away of that very state. That's what I was riffing on there.
1: What What was the last part you said there? I I didn't hear that.
0: Uh, The withering away of the state, like after withering away of the state. Yes, like after you know, the transition period. That's the whole. That's the whole idea. Communism itself, the higher form of communism, is a classless, stateless, moneyless society. What are anarchists fighting for? A classless, stateless, moneyless society. That's what I was trying to. Write I got down you there.
1: Um, unfortunately, in a uh, in that society, it will be impossible for it to exist unless we're broken up out of the cities and go out to collective farms and live in groups of like 100 people, and you know, and have a network like that. that that's not going to work. What's going to work for us now is a uh, Chinese-style uh, balance to where they allow um, a certain amount of entrepreneurial endeavors. They allow they allow a lot of capitalist behavior, but hey, guess what? You get greedy. They cut that shit off, you know. Yeah, and and I mean- they're and they're
0: heavily taxed
1: heavily taxed
0: yes they they are very heavily taxed and a lot of what we we see is amount of money that they have isn't necessarily like liquidatable funds which is uh, largely the same here due to stocks and things but the point is is over a certain dollar amount as i understand it the state can seize control if you step out of line in any fucking way so like (laughs) <laughs> I, I think as I grow to understand China more and more, I used to think of it as like a state capitalist kind of situation, but it's really not. They have allowed a, a an amount, I guess, of capital in, but they have not allowed the existence of those capitalists to tread on the people. No,
1: that's where they draw the line. It's not about a line of wealth. It's where you become a bad comrade and bad for the state and bad for the people. There's a there's a huge difference there, you know? Like people are up in arms, oh my God, Hong Kong, Taiwan. Social credit, oh. social credit. Oh my God, the Uyghurs over there, the Muslims, oh my God, human rights violations. You know what? I say the United States and other countries Take a look at your own motherfucking gulags and your forced your forced labor camps and your own Muslim genocides and you can then you can point your fucking very astute finger at China,
0: but you can't. <laughs> exactly, and, and I mean some... that's the whole thing. Those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, man. And for the U.S. government to be like the epitome of human rights you know they should have been a a whole lot of
1: (laughs) did somebody actually say that
0: no i'm just being facetious did somebody actually say that some trump supporter probably did let's be realistic about it we're a bastion and protector of human rights unless you're brown
1: or darker than a paper bag yeah that's human rights in the united states right there Calvin the, uh, said
0: China's economy is better than ours, and yeah. It is. Um, actually, it is. it's it's about to be the largest beyond ours. Um, that is predicted to happen this year for They've, context on that.
1: They have surpassed us in, in infrastructure a hundredfold. They have surpassed us in city planning a hundredfold.
0: Okay, so like... Actually, I know this is supposed to be a Latin American special, but since we're talking about China, let's talk about how when the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan last week, China contacted the government in Kabul about trading infrastructure, such as airports, uh, rail lines, you know, high-speed rail, um, things like that, you know, important fucking infrastructure in exchange for, you know, like... Lithium mining, which the profits from which would go to the workers that work the lithium mines. And surprise, the Taliban's not trying to attack them. They welcome China. You wanna know why? They're not trying to kill them. Capitalism bombs, socialism builds.
1: Yeah, uh, I can't blame the Taliban one bit. And I certainly can't blame the Chinese one bit, bit either. Um, They're not only over there, Um, they're very pervasive in Africa, extremely pervasive in South America and investing heavily. They come in with, hey, check this out, we got this big wad of cash here. We don't want to exploit you, we want to pay you for what we need. And people are like, great. That's not working so well in some places because they are being exploited. Well, I mean, I guess that depends on what video you see. You know, I mean, there's a bit of, hey, uh, you know, you you work for us. Let's stop with this bullshit and get back to work kind of shit, right? Uh, but in all their, all their ventures, I haven't heard of anybody getting killed.
0: Have you? No. Not even one or using forced labor. They've been literally building the areas. And I I mean, I've I've heard, this is another probably fringe anarchist thing, but I have also heard, you know, that they're no better than the imperialists because they're still going into places and making these loans, which are paid back on a short-term basis using resources. Like, what the fuck? so rich places are getting the money that they've been screwed out of through capitalism how are we trying to paint this as a bad thing
1: it's not a bad thing um
0: to worldwide capitalism it's a very bad oh yeah i mean they're running a massive uh shipping high-speed rail line now probably going through afghanistan from china to Perfect. the Middle East, where it'll branch off into both Africa and Europe. That alone is a huge threat to the. I can't blame infrastructure. I
1: can't blame China for doing um
0: non-invasive expansion like
1: that. For you know? for
0: you mean for modernizing the Silk Road? Yeah. Like I mean, really, that trade route's been in use for thousands of years. It was. Called let's put the some high speed back in the day. Let's
1: put some high speed rail on that
0: bitch. Exactly, it's genius, and it, it works out for everybody. So I don't get why anybody tries to make it. <laughs> James commented, and I still have potholes in the road. Exactly, that's what we're talking about. Neoliberalism has completely abandoned our infrastructure. Um, which, you know, was mostly done through the New Deal, right? Which was a reaction, a capitalist reaction, trying to save itself from the threat of communism. And then it was repealed slowly but surely, you know, starting about 20 years later.
1: He's typing, typing, typing. I God, I'm glad this, I'm glad this, uh, podcast has been focusing on actual fucking super material issues. That is where the line needs to be drawn. Material resources, material wealth, mater- material for the workers, material for the people, you know, uh, We can sit and, you know, damn this, damn that, fuck that, fuck this. What you're seeing China do now is they're doing basically what they've designed their whole economy to be, which is to be an all-inclusive, like as you say, extension of the Silk Road. It's brilliant. I mean, they've already imported... um, so many of worldwide jobs already it's like they just trolled the whole world you know (laughs) hey come make all your shit here Ah, now look now we got all the labor look at all this money we're making now we're just going to build these super cities and build high-speed rail where you can go from beijing to freaking upper mongolia in five minutes man look at us go over here
0: So uh, since we're talking about China, there's another important fucking thing that they are doing. Uh, I don't know how many people that are watching or you yourself are uh, informed on desertification in fucking China, right? But like, because of climate change, the desert in China has been growing exponentially like year by year for decades now. And uh, the Chinese have found a way to deal with it. Um, They've—they're calling it the Great Green Wall. They—they uh, increased their forest cover from five percent to fifteen percent, and have stopped, essentially, stopped the growth of the desert.
1: Yeah, and they've also—they've uh, also recently become the largest producer and largest consumer of green energy on the planet.
0: Well yeah, and that's why they're that's why they're focusing so hard on electrification. Which just to compare, right? We just spent like four billion dollars or something like that and money to Amtrak to replace their like 40-year-old fleet of diesel locomotives with hybrid locomotives.
1: Wow, there's the USA, man.
0: Meanwhile, China's building high-speed rail all through the, the fucking Eastern half of the world. Like,
1: don't forget fucking, Europe. Right. <laughs> wait till they bring high-speed rail to Africa.
0: Right, wait till they start building high-speed rail and, you know, more socialist-leaning countries in fucking South America. huh? Wait until they bring it all the way to the northern Mexican border. And then the U.S. has to answer why they are so far behind and why they can't be part of this global network. Bravo, bravo,
1: bravo. Bravo, young man. You have solved it. (laughs) And that is exactly what's going to happen.
0: Right. Um, Natalie said infrastructure is definitely ahead in China. How is the human infrastructure in China? Housing, homelessness and James. uh, piggybacked on that saying, great question. Homelessness Um, doesn't exist. Exactly. And housing, I mean, Western media likes to talk shit about Chinese housing because it's small, but they don't have homeless people.
1: (laughs) Well, everyone is housed regardless. You're not forced in homelessness in China. Isn't, isn't something that is forced as it is here in Western countries. If you're homeless in China, it's because you choose to be.
0: Housing is readily available though, is the point, which is a huge feat considering their population alone. Well, they, they planned for all that. They were like, okay, we
1: have over a, a billion and a half people here, all right. We need to collectivize and nationalize this shit, or we're we're not going to be able to manage it. And they did that great migration shit starting back in uh, the late '90s, where they built super cities. You know, it took eight months, and they had this uh, gigantic super city built with high rises and whatnot, and particular manufacturing. And, you know, maybe they were around farming or whatever, but they place these very strategically all around, all around the country and all connected by high-speed rail. Right. Coincident.
0: Well, and, so, and that's why they manage that very well. that's a big part of why China's uh, CO2 emissions are going so down as compared to yes. ours. Like, they're the so, only country that's set to meet the Paris Accord goals, which were too lenient to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, capitalists are going to be capitalists,
1: you know? That's just, that's not going to change. That, that's not going to be any different, you know? Um, when you live in a, uh, a society that's, that's really for the people, by the people, then capitalists don't have so much power. Right now, they have all the power. They have all the laws are for them, They're not paying anything in taxes. They're just riding it high, baby. While you know millions of people during the pandemic just sat, maybe they had to sit in the cold with no power. Maybe they got evicted from their apartment. While an obscene amount of wealth was generated by uh, uh, capitalists and billionaires during that whole time, I think they almost like doubled their wealth during that time. It's just completely obscene, Uh, completely parasitic. You're gonna. Overwhelming, overwhelmingly try to profit up during a, a, a global health crisis and a pandemic. I mean, doesn't get it doesn't get much more, more deplorable than that. What do you give back? I guess Less to than... come
0: back to Latin America, oh. the COVID pandemic is a good fucking thing to jump to. Look at how sure much is. that has uh, exacerbated the issues in Cuba. The embargo has been an ongoing issue for years. But I mean, you know, the complete cutoff of the tourism industry was catastrophic to their economy. Like, okay, so like the issue, I guess what I'm getting at now is there's these blackouts, right? Because they don't have enough oil to produce enough power for the residential areas while the hospitals are, you know, filling at a rapid rate. And uh, the the reactionary protesters from yesterday, uh, supposedly, are saying that there's been internet blackouts, right? But I think that that goes hand in hand. And the state announced that they were going to be cutting power uh, to yeah. certain areas for six hours at a time.
1: Yeah, I, I sounds mean, like sounds like Central Texas right now.
0: Again, oh yeah, we've been having black. They've been having blackouts for weeks. Oh my God it hasn't even been getting media attention this time at least not that i've stumbled across yeah cuz
1: we're just we're just sick of it <laughs> like out here where i live i'm not on the grid i have 100% solar i'm not too worried about it you know but uh you know folks in austin i mean just the other day uh, my buddy in uh, uh south austin you know they had to endure like uh, rolling blackouts for a couple days six hours two hours eight hours here and there so
0: yeah and and i mean we had a heat wave a couple weeks back here in phoenix which generally does have a big enough grid to run all the fucking air conditioners because it's hot every summer yeah um but we had like an Oh, no, phoenix period. really right <laughs> we had an extended period of 115 degree plus temps Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, that happens regularly, but the extended period part is the important part there. If it doesn't cool down at night, then your air conditioner has a hard time keeping up, and it draws more power.
1: Yeah. Hey, I I was around this time last year, I was working in Phoenix, actually, and, uh, man, y'all, somebody somebody needs to air condition the outside. Dude, right? (laughs) Fuck. I mean, I can remember, uh, you know, farting around and then maybe like 9 30 going to the grocery store there and uh the heat coming off the blacktop in the parking lots and it was dark you know it was like jesus what the who the fuck would build a city here
0: dude right that's what i asked the entire first summer i was here man (laughs) why the fuck would they build a city here but the answer is island heating um and urban sprawl Because the average high is when Phoenix was settled at the turn of the, you know, 1900s. Like, I mean, the average highs were, you know, like high 80s, low 90s.
1: After they killed all the Indians. Well, yeah.
0: Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, No, no, you're good. Actually, you're right to point that out. I was just, I guess, (laughs) conveniently skipping over that.
1: No, that's fine. That's That's fine. That's fine. but uh yeah i mean uh crazy times man crazy times give me about a two minute break please
0: um actually i was thinking that we can probably wrap this up oh you think okay yeah we've been going for an hour and a half really yeah
1: it only seems like 10 minutes my fuzzy little boy
0: (laughs) i know uh i've really enjoyed this conversation though um I'm hoping that this won't be the last time you're on. And I mean, honestly, I gotta give you a shout out for doing this so last minute. I asked you at like, what, quarter to five?
1: (laughs) I'm good. I'm pretty much good to go. Uh, I can, uh, I kind of, uh, I'm known for having a little bit of a gift of gap and being uh, informed and knowledgeable about things, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I would would tend to back that up. Um, So Natalie said, why would they use blacktop less uh, cost than concrete? So is it for budgets? And I mean, ultimately, yeah, if you're if you're paying the lowest bidder to do every project in the state, then a lot of it's going to be blacktop just to save money. Um, There is a lot of concrete infrastructure here, but it's mostly freeways, highways.
1: Uh, The reason they do that, the reason they do that in uh, Phoenix is because, uh, you know, the asphalt can be. The asphalt is, uh, would be more durable in a climate like that because it can actually go back to like a semi-liquid form, you know, whereas concrete, if it's expanded and retracted constantly like that, it'll just end up all cracked to shit. Oh yeah, we have, that's why all of our,
0: well, not our infrastructure, I don't live there anymore, but that's why all of the infrastructure in my home state of Michigan is crumbling, except for it's the opposite side of it. It's the freezing and thawing rather yes. than the hot. Uh, James, there are some potholes here, but not not anything terrible, really. Um, they're pretty good on road construction here, but there's a surcharge on your vehicle registration that goes to the road fund, and I think that's why.
1: But it does look like there's a lot of civic pride in and around uh, Phoenix metro area there, to be honest with you. so pretty. I love it.
0: Parts of it are, there's also a lot of neglected areas, uh, food deserts, infrastructure deserts, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's, it's America.
1: Yeah. Everybody should just move into Glendale.
0: I personally am in Glendale. um, You are? Yeah. There you go. I built that, uh, I built that, um,
1: it's a Cummings, uh, service depot now. Oh, really? Yeah. I built okay. that uh, I built that last year. Well, not me personally, you know, there were a lot of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: like, right. not,
1: not single-handedly, but it used to be like camper world or something like that. And now it's a Cummins diesel uh, like mechanic facility.
0: So yeah. anyway. Um, so I'm just gonna take a moment to, I guess, you know, plug our upcoming shit. Uh, we have a couple episodes upcoming. Uh, our, our finale on Eugene Debs, it was part of a two-part series on, you know, the evolution of Debs and the socialist movement in America after the poll. There we go. Break.
1: That's a good
0: one. I, I want to be on that one. We recorded it already. Oh, well, shit. Yeah, that's coming. The Part two is coming out on Wednesday. Give me one um, second. Tomorrow, assuming that Trisha's migraine is better, that's why she's not <laughs> here tonight. Uh, we will be probably not live, but we will be pre recording a piece about Frida Kahlo because it's the anniversary of her death um, and kind of goes right along with the Latin American focus of tonight's stream. We also have the German revolutions of 1940 or 19, wow, 1848 and 49. Um, that piece is coming out sometime next week, probably Friday. And of course, Thursday, we have our uh, Revolutionary Left Book Club. We're still uh, working our way through Seize the Time by Bobby Seale. Yeah, I guess that's that's about it. We do have a whole slew of uh, pieces yet to be recorded. Um, We've been really beefing up our historical and ideological content. Um, which I mean, due to the political beliefs of, you know, Trisha and I specifically, I guess, at this exact moment, um, we are taking a heavy focus on mostly Marxist-Leninist, um, writers and organizations at the moment. Um, but that being said to my anarchist comrades out there. I certainly hope that you hear this and that you want to share what you know about your own ideology. Um, we'd be happy to platform it. Um, anyway, you, if you like what we're doing and you wanna support us materially, you can go to patreon.com slash we are many. Uh, we are finally getting our website back up to date. Uh, that's still a work in progress, but we are at least posting to the website again uh, including an article from Trisha about uh, uh, well I guess to put it broadly, women's rights but it's a little more specific than that it's it's more of a smash the patriarchy type of article um, and I guess to that I just gotta say solidarity and go read it um, but yeah that's that's pretty much it we'll be back on Wednesday we'll be back uh, next Monday for another current event stream and we have pieces coming Tuesday and Friday this week Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday this week so literally Monday through Friday we have a piece released, uh, piece releasing or a live stream all this week um, and we'll probably try to keep up maybe not that intensive a pace but a more intense pace than we had been previously Hell yeah
1: Peace, love, and bread, comrades. Hell yeah, man. See you next time.
0: Yeah. Solidarity.